0: Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Another one day upon us, which means another round of trading. And we look at the numbers. Obviously, we saw some negativity happening within the grain complex today. Flip the screen, and it wasn't as pretty either on the livestock side, though not as bad. We're going to get all the details on what's been happening in trade. Add to it, is there some big breaks in the market? Tight supplies? Should we be worried? And should we not be rushing for the exit real soon? find out all those details. As Sean Hackett joined us, he is with Hackett Financial Advisors. And so we'll start with the big break that we've seen in the market. Sean, what are your thoughts?
1: I guess my thought um season is that this is the time of the year that we would look some bearish someone to come back into the marketplace. So it's a kind of warning about this time frame. Our weather algorithm that we use uh here in house it warned us about a great planting season, fantastic weather timely moisture and that we would get everyone thinking, uh, big crops on the way, extra acres getting planted at a time when speculators were very, very much overly long the market and had been for some time. And so um, we always say, you know, you you, want to make sure both sides get a chance to be healthy. Well, certainly the the producer side has had their fair share here. We want to make sure the livestock producer – we want to make sure the ethanol producer, those that buy corn, buy soybeans, get a chance to get some better economics. And this is giving them that window that we've been hoping for so that they keep their demand strong for the longer haul.
0: You need to talk about the normal process that we see during the month of May for the bears. Is this maybe something we're seeing of normal within the market trade? Yeah,
1: the no, May break is normal. I mean, we usually get to have a good planting weather. We usually get off to a good start. Usually the U.S. comes out and says, trendline yields, look at all these, you know, look at, look at all this production, we're going to do fine. And, 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 and that's kind of, remember last year, Susan, 3.3 bushel, bull, uh, 3 billion bushel carryout was what we were expecting to have at the beginning of, this, of the season in May. It didn't quite turn out that way. So be very, very careful to overplay a much needed correction when we have the entire growing season. First. Now remember, for almost a decade, we had two point five three bushel bull, bushel carry out of corn coming into the growing season. You know now we're in that you know billion three billion five. We have no room for anything but perfection. We think we can probably have something to worry about at least to give the market a bounce here and give farmers better prices.
0: So do the current tight supplies that we continue to hear about worry you at all?
1: They worry us greatly because it doesn't leave any room for error. Meaning, so long as everything's fine and we have a record crop coming and everything's good, we can kind of get by. But if we have anything just, Susan, if we're just five bushels of the acre off a trend, which really is no big deal, we can't, you know, that puts us into a situation where we're simply too tight. I mean, that's how narrow our window is between trend line and not trend line, just a little smidgen off of trend line, and we're in a situation we have to play the, the record we just played all over again. And remember, the Chinese last week came in and bought 250 million bushels of corn on, on a big break, saying they have no intentions of pulling back on their purchases right now as we move forward. So I'm thinking here, don't look, don't look too far ahead to the Bears. We think the Bulls are going to have another round of volatility to the upside here because we don't think we're going to have a perfect rolling season all the way through. Our weather algorithm says, we're going to be worried about hot, dry weather here
0: before too long. So, so having said that, are we looking at maybe setting up some sort of action that you might see from China to set up that future patterns because they're going to need the feed not only for their livestock but their people?
1: Well, certainly I think last week was the first sign. Because everyone, the, big, the big question, Susan, was will they buy a big break? And they said last week that they did. Now if they come in this week and we get another big order, You know, two weeks in a row, all of a sudden, you know, the market's going to start to think that maybe we've just fit into their game plan of, you know, getting too much sold here, too low a price when they're, when they're just licking their chops, buying a lot of corn. So we would be looking at big purchases this week to continue the trend that they started last week that could easily put in this early June low that we think is, is possible here. That's kind of what we've been suggesting to our customers and our subscribers.
0: So playing the devil's advocate then, Sean, does that mean that maybe those hog supply numbers that they've been saying are down maybe aren't as low as what they're suggesting?
1: It's hard to know what the truth is. My view is, our view is that um, that their purchases of feed of corn suggest that the worries over African swine fever are not as uh, I've been overplayed and that even if those numbers are down some because of ASF, the piglet price in, in China continues to go up while the price of the hogs is going down, suggesting they're continuing to want to rebuild and rebuild. So either way, whether they have it or they don't have it, they're going to have it, and they're not going to mess around when they're getting a big break in corn and they can lock in long-term supplies when apparently they don't have much at this point in-house in their country. So,
0: so as a, a grain per- grower out there, Should we be rushing to the exit, or should we just kind of sit back, take a breather, and let these markets play out in May?
1: Rarely is it ever fruitful to sell into a hole at the end of May, historically. I mean, meaning that selling a bearish crop outlook in May has not tended to get you the best price for the year, Susan. So we would be very careful about doing that. We would think that if you've done your job, if you've done your marketing, if you've done what you're supposed to do, should be in a good spot, got some good prices, and we would absolutely be ignoring the bear rant right now. Sit tight. We think there's going to be opportunities to place some upside volatility into June, July, and have a better uh, opportunity to monetize your crop production at a better level.
0: Which will make it interesting as we continue on. We know the pressures that have been happening in South America. Fingers crossed the weather continues to be, to be our friend this growing season.
1: Well, certainly they've had one of the worst droughts in a long time, especially for second crop corn. They're getting a little rain at the very end here, Susan, but way, way too late to do too much good. And remember, they were supposed to export, Brazil was supposed to export one billion bushels of corn in the upcoming season. If we're correct about their cropping as small as we think it is, around 90 to 95 million metric tons.
0: We've got a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the final Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield, continuing this conversation with Sean Hackett. He's with Hackett Financial Advisors. And before we jump into the livestock, wanted to talk quickly about ethanol margins. We've seen them talk that it is improving slightly. And Memorial Day is coming up next Monday, a week from today, Sean. That means folks are going to even more, I think, than last year. They're ready to get out on the road and, and, and see things after being cooped up for a year because of COVID.
1: No question. I mean, you know, we finally have a good story for demand. You know, very, this is a very different cycle, uh, Susan, because of what happened with the virus and, and the reopening. You know, when we had the, the big uh, move up in corn prices in 10, 11, 12, and then 6, 7, 8, we didn't get the ethanol price to follow along and allow the ethanol producer to make a margin. This time is different because we're reopening and this demand is surging um, at a time that we had some constrained production domestically. We're seeing the ethanol price keeping pace, and now actually more than keeping pace. So the ethanol crush, the production of ethanol is continuing to be very strong. So last two cycles, we were able to crimp ethanol demand for corn. We've not been able to do that yet. And that's another story that gives us reason to believe that we're probably pushing the market too far here too soon in the demand-side equation is only going to get more fired up if those margins expand further. Like you said, they're beginning to do at a time when I don't think everyone's gotten out and and driven everywhere they want to go yet. There's still a lot of pent-up demand to do that throughout the summertime.
0: So looking as we switch gears now, speaking of demand, we've had a decent ride from a dairy perspective when it comes to the amount of, of purchases that have come from the U.S. government. And as you and I were talking over the commercial break, it sounds like after this month that's going to kind of dry up a little bit.
1: Yeah, you know, no one ever, no one really knew how long this plan was going to go into place. We all knew eventually it would end. And they made a, they made a a proclamation two or three months ago that they would end the program, um, at least the direct purchase of physical cheese and physical dairy products after the end of May. Um, And so we've been getting this kind of big break here in the month of May as the market's getting ready to actually go back to just supply demand like it's always been. And so we're having a little bit of what we call indigestion in the nearby contracts, as we saw today and we saw last week, um, at a time that we're at like, peak production season, the month of May is your peak production period for the year. So so that is, isn't great news, but but we also think that lower prices against high feed prices are, will kind of curtail future production later this year. At a time when a, we just talked about opening up the economy and how gasoline demand growing, the demand for food service, is also ripping significantly, and the demand for cheese is doing well. So we think there's plenty of demand to come later in the season for food service domestically and our exports to the shortage that exists internationally, that once we get through this this period of readjusting to the normal supply-demand equation, we can see some pretty good prices later this year. So if you're on the buyer side of the dairy industry, you know, there's probably a good buying opportunity coming up here as we move into June.
0: So that kind of leads into, and I think this hits all aspects of livestock. Is this a good time right now for us to be getting some decent feed prices locked in?
1: Feed prices? Yes. We do. We've been warning about this window, this late May, early June timer for a long time for our livestock producers to get ready to get some greater cash coverage, to extend coverage, to get further out the curve um, so that you're not chasing the market when it's 100 degrees in Iowa and the crops burning up during pollination, that's not the time that you want to be buying your feed. You want to be buying feed when everyone's bared up and seeing nothing but, but red in front of us like they are now. So this would be a time to begin some kind of a, of a buy program, not necessarily buy it all today, but you know, kind of get an averaging in period over the next couple of weeks. We think this is a really good opportunity to do that.
0: Is the tone been set for some possible lower numbers on the cash cattle market?
1: So is that susan
0: is there a possibility of some lower cash cattle trade this week?
1: I mean we think the cattle market you know if if these the cattle market is stuck with a lack of throughput capacity Susan, meaning we we have the demand, the cutout is there, but we can't bring the animals through the capacity's not there um and 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 so to the extent that some of this weaker feed price reduces some of this herd liquidation that we started to see. You know, Maybe we can get a little bump up in the price for cattle here in the early June, but if we get these feed prices taking off again like we think we're going to see, we're worried that the lack of capacity in the, in the beef packing industry is going to back up these animals again. So it, it's unfortunate that the industry is capacity-constrained, that we can't meet the demand that's out there. We think it's going to take some time to go through this herd liquidation process to get to the other side. So our recommendation is... You look to, you know, look to cash market, any kind of bounces you get along the way here into early June. We think this could be a good, your best chance to do that before the next big rally in, in feed prices takes place.
0: Lots of great things that we talked about today, Sean. What, what's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
1: Our website is at Hackett, H-A-C-K-E-T-T, advisors.com. All kinds of information on there to let your listeners know what we do to see if that might be of interest to them.
0: All right. Thanks so much. Sean Hackett's been joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options involve substantial risk of loss and they're not suitable to all investors. That is the Fontenelle Final Bell, brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all their local dealers right here on the Rural Radio Network.